Why set up a social mobility pledge now when we've talked about social mobility for decades? Because I want to see change on the ground. And I think we do a lot of talking about the problems of social mobility and not enough fixing of how you actually improve it. Do you recognise that voice? It's former Secretary of State for Education, uh, Minister for Women and Equalities, now backbencher. Justin Greening, MP for Putney, but more importantly, founder of the Social Mobility Pledge that Sewell Group's part of. Justin was in Hull for a Humber Business Week event being held at Sewell Group's studio in the east of the city. Called The Kid Done Good, the event aimed to inspire social mobility among local young people by revealing the real-life stories of some of Hull's icons. People like this well-known fella, fresh back from a rather bruising experience at Madison Square Garden. My name's Tommy Coyle. I'm an ambassador for kids that might have had a bad start in life. Why have you got involved with this social mobility pledge? All's been damn good to me. Very, very good to me. Um, They've supported me not just in victory, but in defeat also. And... If it hadn't have been for boxing, I would, I'd have half and a quarter of what I have now. And I just feel like it's right to give something back to a city I'm very proud to be from and give other kids a chance that I was given. Show them that with a bit of hard work, a bit of sacrifice and perseverance, success eventually is inevitable. You're a fighter, obviously, by nature. Um, is increasing up the social mobility ladder is it about fight or is it about opportunity? It's about opportunity and then it's about what you do when you get that opportunity and then it's about fighting because, you know, I had an opportunity at the weekend and I chose to fight. It didn't work out, but, you know, I'll continue fighting. And it's about never backing down from an opportunity, embracing it, embracing defeat, embracing failure and going again, hopefully through my experience, through through the success in my career, I can give kids hope. The event was hosted by former Hull West and Hessel MP, the Right Honourable Alan Johnson. Your rise from postman up to the very highest levels of government is well documented, particularly in your books. You've served as Home Secretary, you've served as Secretary of State for Industry, for Health, education, skills development, that sort of thing. You must have a better understanding than most as to why social mobility is so important. Why should we care about social mobility? Yeah, well, I don't know where I've got uh, you know, the answers uh, because I have struggled with this all my political life as to how you can uncover the talent that may not have shown itself when they were at school, may have failed exams. I mean, famously... The 11 plus when it existed, I mean, I passed, but I remember all those much brighter kids actually in my class who on the day failed and it condemned them to a kind of secondary, modern, second class education. How do you get that raw talent and how do you identify it and how do you ensure they have the same opportunities as kids from backgrounds where it would be, it'd be unthinkable not to go to university and not to progress and do all those things. So, you know, I'm just pleased that it is a political issue now. For a long time, it wasn't. We know you can only measure social mobility over long periods. I like to think that during my time in government and those uh, uh, 13 years of Labour governments that we actually made some progress, Sure Start Children's Centres, the Education Maintenance Allowance, that it had an effect. We won't know that for 20, 30 years. 
But there was a very important report in 2005 by the Sutton Trust, which is a charity that deals with social mobility, and the London School of Economics, the LSE, and their report showed social mobility is worse in this country than most other developed countries, number one. And number two, it's going backwards, not forwards. So I haven't got all the answers, but I do know it's great that it's... Uh, a that there is a political consensus about it. Justine was a conservative education secretary. I was a Labour education secretary. She's a council house kid from Rotherham. You know, the fact that she's, we disagree on lots of political issues doesn't mean we can't come together on this issue of social mobility to do what we're trying to do today, which is basically show lots of kids in Hull icons that they can, whether it's Tommy Coyle or whether it's Paul Sewell or whether it's John Godber, uh, who had a difficult time but made it, the kid done good, and at the same time get the businesses, because this is uh, whole business week, to get businesses to be more diverse in the way they appoint people and not just to make it a tick box exercise based on has someone got a certain qualification. Is social mobility for everybody or should some people just be happy and content where they are? Now, that is a very good question and I don't want social mobility to be mixed up with this issue about whether, you know, you should uh, somehow be ashamed of the circumstances you were born into. In the post office, I knew lots when I was a postman, there was a route actually that you took and it all depended on seniority you become a postman higher grade then you become an inspector then you become a senior manager and then you become a head postmaster I mean you could see the route up to the top which was great and that's the kind of thing we need in employment but there were lots of guys and a few women not so many in that in those days who chose not to take that route who were happy being a postman and I've always said this actually you know, the factory worker who is content to be a factory worker, doesn't want to be a foreman, doesn't want to be the managing director, happy to get their watch after 30, 40 years of loyal service. Nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with that at all. I think what it is, is the frustration, you know, someone wants to be a boxer, wants to be a rock star, wants to be a writer, wants to be uh, an entrepreneur. And they haven't got the contacts, they haven't got the networks, they haven't got anything in their family history that allows them to do that. So all of that talent goes to waste. Is it right to want to be rich? I'm sort of casting my mind back to the end of the 80s, early 90s, and the comedian Harry Enfield with his character. Money, right? Yeah, loads of money. money. Yeah. Oh, are we not in danger of uh, sort of encouraging that sort of aspiration? Not by social mobility, no. Social mobility isn't saying, look, if you want to be a millionaire, you can be a millionaire. Uh, I mean, there's no, not many millionaires out there, but there's the leader of Hull City Council. There's, a, uh, there's a, uh, a woman who's worked in the NHS and done fabulous stuff. Uh, there's a guy who's done, uh, who started off as a nurse and has done amazing stuff in, in the health service. There's the playwright, John Godber, you know, so... They're not setting out to be millionaires. Uh, John must be worth a few bob now with 70 plays under his belt. But, but they're setting off to fulfil their potential uh, in whatever role that is. And so, actually, I don't think there's anything wrong with someone saying, well, I want to do that because I want to earn, earn a bit of money. You know, if you come from certain stratas in society, you know how to do that. You've got inherited wealth. You've got your parents' business. or You, you know, it's easy for you. And I'm not condemning them. It's easy for... But, you know, someone from a certain background, uh, they should be given the same opportunities as well. It was certainly fascinating, surprising even, to see two former education secretaries from opposing political parties 
in such harmony and agreement about the importance of social mobility. So I asked Justine what her aims were in putting together the social mobility pledge and what the pledge actually involves. So what I wanted to do was to work with companies around the country to try and help them do better. And of course, companies like Soul Group are really right at the forefront of probably what good looks like. So if we could share what they're doing with everyone else involved in the pledge, and there are 100 companies now, hundreds of companies, then I think that's actually how you get scalable change. So we've always had work experience weeks for young people, that sort of thing. What um, over and above that does a company need to do if it signs up to the pledge? I've asked them to do three things. First of all, to get into local schools talking about careers, what their businesses are about. Secondly, to open up their doors so that young people can actually see what they're doing, literally experiencing it for themselves, whether it's work experience or an apprenticeship. And then thirdly, I've asked them to commit to make sure that their recruitment practices are fair. So there is a lot of screening out of rough diamonds sometimes because you just focus on academic grades or we know that name-blind recruitment can really help on BME candidates, but also white working-class kids called Tracy and Kevin, who apparently the research shows can tend to be screened out, which is ridiculous. What is the essential benefit for a business by engaging with social mobility and the social mobility pledge? What does a business really get out of it? Bottom line growth, because the best asset any company's got is its people, The best assets any company has are its people. Couldn't agree with that more. And that certainly also seems to be the view of Dr. Paul Sewell, OBE, chair of the Sewell Group. He told me why his business is so keen to be involved with the Social Mobility Pledge and why listening to the stories of the Hull icons is so significant. It gets you fishing in a different talent pool for a start. The education system is now producing a very specific talent pool of people coming to our businesses. It's a smaller pool with lots of people fishing in it. There's lots of, there's 13 very, very successful people here, none of whom came out of that pool. They came from disadvantaged upbringings, failures at school. The tragedy is business today would be turned off to these people. All of these people would have been denied to businesses, life in Hull, etc. if the current uh, situation would have prevailed where we're only taking kids with certain qualifications, etc. So we've always had work experience opportunities, that sort of thing. What, in addition, are you providing as a company by signing up to the Social Mobility Pledge? We're making a statement that we're, we're hiring for attitude and training for skill. This is a, a business strategy on talent management. All businesses are in a war for talent at the moment. We're in as much a, a war for talent as a war for customers. And so we are being much cuter and much smarter about where we're looking for that talent. Let's hear from another Hull icon. He's already been named. It's playwright John Godber. He's told me before how he's a keen observer of people's character. And we see those observations written and played out large in his plays. I asked him then if he thinks social mobility is driven by people's character and attitude, or whether it's more to do with opportunities that present themselves and people's circumstances. Well, I think the short answer is a bit of both. Um, I think you've got to have drive. It's been very interesting for me, this looking back, and, and, and I've just turned 63, so there are, there's more to look back on than there is to look, look forward to. And working out what my particular story was and, and why it happened for me, I think the level of opportunities have changed for young people. I think that's got narrower. 
I think what we understand by the education system has got narrower and it possibly will get narrower with the the EBAC and the baccalaureate and the way that we're squeezing, I'm bound to say we're squeezing arts out of the curriculum and that is not a good thing for anybody. A lot of it comes from how you feel about yourself uh, and about drive and a lot of it I think is about what you dream. I mean I originally, I dreamt of playing for Leeds United alongside Billy Bremner, that wasn't to be. And then as I woke up one morning discovered I was 18 stoned, that was a shock and I thought well I'll probably get a game for Castlefield. Well, that wasn't to be. So how I became a player right, is, is, is a little bit by default. Um, but once you've decided to do something, I think the message from me would be, don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. How is this social mobility pledge going to create more opportunity for young people and others? I think that's a really good question. I mean, the, I'd support that question. I think there has, to be a, there has to be a discussion with educationalists. There has to be a discussion with government. Uh, it's absolutely pointless saying we, you know we're all we're all lined up for a social social mobility pledge if the opportunities aren't there and if people don't know about it. So there's a little bit of supply and demand. I would strongly advocate that you need to have that pledge go right trickle right down into schools, so that people on the ground know that there is an opportunity and also that there are firms who are looking for people. In a, in a broader sense, rather than the traditional, you know, I've done, I've jumped that hurdle, I've jumped that hurdle, I've jumped that hurdle. Um, but it depends what the, what the firm is and what the skill base is and, and the quality of the, of the candidate. I think what's really important is that it seems to me to be a two-way conversation, that firms need to be aware that this is a, 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 a live issue, but also that people need to be aware that this is a live opportunity. And without the two interfacing, then they, they, will, they, they won't communicate with each other. Is social mobility or climbing up the ladder, is that right for everybody? I think it's a re- that's a great question. I think um, we were chatting about this about a fortnight ago. With a, we'd just come back from London. We were doing a play in, on the West End and this, this QC came to see it. And she said, yeah, I'm all, and she's involved with lots of charities. She said, I'm all for social mobility, but we have to realise that it means everybody. It just doesn't. It just doesn't mean those who are successful in business, or successful in the arts, or successful at sport. It means everybody. So I think the the, the overall umbrella brand would be take opportunities, whether it's to do with improving your life, improving the conditions of your life, your well-being, your welfare, etc. The danger is that everybody wants to be Richard Branson. Uh, I think that's unrealistic. So I think that the that the, the, there ought to be a more holistic notion of what social mobility is because unless we are encouraging people at the bottom of our societies to feel good about themselves then all we're doing is stretching the gaps in society he's a straight talking fella as mr godbert and that's a character trait i quite admire he's right the social mobility pledge isn't the only answer to how we can create opportunities for people to achieve their best there are other things we should be doing too I put a couple of ideas to Justine Greening. How would you respond if I was to say that is this tinkering around the edges, that there are actually other issues we could tackle? The gig economy, for example. People are delivering somebody's takeaways for 65 pence a, a delivery, stuck in underemployment. Would we not be best um, tackling the gig economy, legislating it out of existence, for example? But I think things like the social mobility pledge and working with companies are how you 
improve what a career and what employment looks like. Because what I'm saying to companies is they have a broader responsibility and opportunity to change their communities and just literally employing people and trying to make money. That's that's the whole point. The other thing I'm saying actually is don't wait for someone in Whitehall to change this. I mean, Whitehall's paralysed with Brexit. I mean, Parliament's paralysed with Brexit. Nothing else feels like it's going on. So actually, if we want to get change on the ground, we should be finding other ways of doing it. And my point is that working through the Social Mobility Pledge and working with companies, we've got a huge potential to change things on the ground for young people across our country. We don't actually need to wait for any laws to change. I hope in time, though, that Westminster will catch up and there might well be some laws that need to change so that we can get out of the way to have more of this kind of stuff done by more companies more easily with schools. Schools and education is so important, isn't it, towards um, people's social mobility? Um, So university, for example, should we be resourcing people to go to university rather than charging them? Well, I've said that we need to reform the system, actually, and and really get rid of this tuition fees and loan system, uh, because I just don't think it works. And I think you're better off having just a graduate contribution, a bit like national insurance. And we all pay that because we all use the NHS. But under my proposal graduates would pay a graduate contribution and that would basically be how we fund our universities. I'd also ask companies, again, a bit like the NHS, to pay their contribution too because they benefit from more skilled young people. So uh, a couple of direct questions and a couple of thorough answers. Thank you very much, Justine. Let's hear now from another of the Hull icons. So I'm Emma Latimer and I'm the Chief Officer of NHS Hull Clinical Commissioning Group and NHS North Lincolnshire Clinical Commissioning Group. Why have you got involved with this social mobility pledge? Um, because I'm, I'm from a background where I didn't necessarily have access to opportunity and I think it's really important that everybody has access to opportunity. So when I was asked to do this, um, I thought it'd be great to come here and tell my story, uh, to say to children and young people that nothing's impossible, nothing's out of your reach, whatever barrier's in your way, there's always a way around it. What does opportunity look like then? Opportunity sometimes can be a mentor, uh, access to something, um, it can be um, support for education and employment. There's a range of things um, that can support people. So I think for, for me personally, I, you know, I was lucky to have mentors and good people that helped me and access to supported education um, further in my life because when I was younger, uh, we weren't able to afford any kind of university education. But once I got employment, I was offered that support and was able to attain some really good qualifications, which I'd never be able to get if I hadn't gone into work. So is the CCG signed up to the pledge? The CCG is definitely signed up to the pledge. Um, We want to give, again, you know, give everyone an equal opportunity to access work, um, to do things differently, to aspire to sort of live their dream, I guess. What does social mobility actually look like? And what are the benefits to the CCG and the NHS for, for signing up to this pledge? Well, obviously, we're one of the biggest employers in the country and we want to attract people from every walk of life. So by doing by being part of this today, I think it just shows as an NHS as an employer, you know, we're really keen um, to work with people, to support people who want to come and have a career in the NHS. Uh, And also, obviously, people who are in 
who have, have jobs, skills and friends, education, employment are happier people. So being happier means, means being healthier. Um, so obviously that's really important for us too. We don't want people to be ill. We want people to be educated, to be supported and to live hot, long, happy, healthy lives. Have you signed up to the pledge as the CCG to improve the opportunities and lives of people in the city? Or is it equally or even more about supporting the people you employ? Well, I, we already support the people employed. The, the NHS and the CCG have a plethora of policies in place and support. You know, those individuals, I like to think, are quite lucky and supported. I think it's more for people in Hull who want to have opportunity, who don't have that. They don't have a workplace. Um, they don't have the opportunities that some of my team have. Um, so I think it's more about that. It's more about the people in Hull and obviously supporting my own team, again, to live there, you know, to fulfil their dreams and to do what they want to do. I found the Kid Done Good event quite enlightening. The term social mobility probably doesn't get used often when we're chatting with our friends in the pub or with our family at the dining table. But we can all understand that making sure everyone has an equal opportunity to achieve their best, well, that's the right thing to do. It isn't about academic achievement. It's about giving people an opportunity to succeed and instilling in them the attitude the aspiration to be their best. That's good for all of us. No country is going to be successful in the 21st century unless it really unlocks the talent of all of its people. My personal view is that Britain has unlocked the talent of about a third of its people. And they think everything's fine because, of course, they're the people who tend to run most things. But actually, the other two-thirds know that it's not. And what I'm trying to do is create a different version of our country where we unlock everybody's potential. And I think that isn't just good for the two-thirds that need more opportunity. I think it's good for all of us. I think it's how we all do better. Justine Greening, thanks for your time. Thank you. you. You've been listening to a Hull Is This podcast with me, Jerome Whittingham. I'd love to receive your comments, so make sure you're following along on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, on Instagram and on Twitter at Hull Is This. Do get in touch. Until next time, bye for now.